This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. G'day, it's Lols here. This next guest is James Curley, or as I like to call him, Champo. We met on a yoga teacher training course, oh, holy smokes, like seven years ago now, and we became mates ever since. Uh, He's a TV, an Aussie TV presenter. He's produced his own shows. He's into, like, comedy. Very, very, very funny human, super witty, you'll see in this, or you'll hear in this podcast. He's just been one of those mates that's always inspired me when I've been down or had a knockback in the industry and he's been able to kind of inspire me to get back on the horse and keep going. So I hope you enjoy this sweet little chat with James Curley. Hello. Hello, Lols. <laughs> Hello, Champo. Yes. That was our nickname for each other for Yonks. It was, from doing yoga teacher training together. That's right. So this this guest is the incredible James Curley. Good name, by the way. James like, Curley. I hear just... you written in highlighter at the top of my note page here. Yeah. No, thank you. I was a bit concerned when you, uh, you sort of reached out and said, do you want to have a chat on this um, podcast about failure? I was imagining you had a bunch of like um, – yeah, you know, success wish. story sort of one. And then I was the failure edition. I was like, oh, fuck, okay, really? <laughs> Is this, fuck, I don't know if I want to. But no, it's good. That's the theme. It's embracing failing. Absolutely. And no, everybody good, that's good. been on here has yeah. succeeded in some way. Excellent. And no. they're kind of following their dreams. And you totally have done that. So you're an Aussie TV presenter. You have also done a lot of radio, hosted radio. You're an author. You're author of The Man Plan which is The Modern Man's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. That is correct. Which I love. That is my, correct. My brother yeah. was like a huge, um, he had a man crush on you. He was like, can I please have the man plan? <laughs> have, when was the last time you saw Champo? <laughs> He's, He's a little legend, your bro. He is. No, yeah, it's an all-round uh, guide for, for guys. I suppose, yeah, there's 10 areas that, that guys sort of struggle, you know, may may struggle with one or two of them. So, Didn't just... you get like a kid's book, um, art, like, artist or designer to design. Yeah, all the dick, uh, you know, sort of dick jokes and so forth in there was illustrated by. Was there like a treasure map of the vagina? Yeah, yeah. There's a few few little treats in there for men of all ages. (laughs) For boys of all ages. You're also a producer and you create your own content, which you've been doing since I've ever met you. Yeah, absolutely. You've always been kind of like marching to be your own drama, creating your own content, often producing your own content for other shows as well. Yeah, absolutely. Always been pretty hands-on with with things, whether I'm facing the camera mic or uh, or behind the scenes. So before I get into your awesome career, um, I guess I want to share with you my first memory of you. So, yes, it was at uh, camp for yoga teacher training. Yes. Champo's looking at me like, where is she trying to go to the bus? And I remember hearing you get up. uh, We had to get up on stage and, you know, speak about like really honest stuff and and, and you got up and I was like, who's this larrikin? Like you cracked a gag in a quite a serious scenario early on and I was like, okay, this guy's so, so funny 
And then I was like, I think I want to be your mate. And then on the last night of yoga teacher training, what did you do? Do you remember what you did? I cannot remember. No wonder I did last night. So we we were in your room. So there was, I think, two boys or three boys in your room and my room was next door to you and there was we we had a few girls. So there was Liv in my room, myself, and I think one other. But Liv and I were like joined at the hip and you and Sean were joined at the hip. Besties, yeah. So but the four of us were kind of like we became mates then. We had like a little gang. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bonding. We're bonding. Right. And so we got put on like silent treatment where you couldn't speak on retreat all day long. Yes. Do you remember this as part yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got down the hallway and I was like, 10 bucks says these boys, I'm going to stick to it. And I look at you and we're all just chatting like within about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Duncan Peake, uh, who taught us how to teach yoga. Great guy. I, I know, a cracking, cracking institution, our living. Amazing. Yep. And we both we broke the rules. taught there. But on the last night, you smuggled in a bottle of vodka. Is that correct? I would have. I think I came back from overseas. Yes, you have. And I was, yeah, just a bit of duty-free. <laughs> Um, but, you know, Duncan does teach a balanced, uh, you know, yoga ethic. Still last day exams, all yin, that. Bit of yin, bit of yang. Yeah. So funny. Bit yeah. of yin, bit of yang. So yeah. amazing. And a bit of vodka too. Yeah, we did. We did have a few drinks, didn't we? But yeah, it's... Oh, so we didn't. I boycott. I was like, no, I'm on yoga teacher training, boys. Well, I think we did. I, I think if you it's there, did. We, yeah. No, you definitely did actually. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I remember. Would've. Yeah. I remember because I think you might have kissed a girl or something and I heard about it the next day. Anyway, we're digressing. Potentially. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> the Inquisition. So, <laughs> so that was my first memory of it was like this yoga teacher training and you were just like this like awesome with like awesome guy but with this Aussie vernacular, which I know I have as well. Like my yeah. voice is very Australiana. But I really like that about you. And I kept going to my buddy, Liv, and I was like, we've got to partner up with those two. They're going to be the best teachers. Can you hear the way he talks? He's going to be amazing because you obviously speak so well publicly as well. Yeah. No, I love, love and still still teach. Still teach. No, yeah. Don't tell many people that I teach yoga but uh, still do and love it. It's, Me too. Um, Where do you teach? Uh, just a power living. Do you? Not power living it. Uh, fitness first. Do you love it? Fitness first in uh, in North City. Yeah, love it. So good. Do you it's do so it regularly, good. or do you just do it every now? Do yeah, you? good yeah, work. Regularly. Yeah, I think you sort of get get comfortable with people being uncomfortable and pushing them to their their limits, and you know, over the the yeah. line of the sound they draw for themselves. It's, it's oh, I got to get to one of your classes, Jambo. Good, good connection. I don't think I've ever been to one of yours. I think I've been to one of you. I've been to one of yeah, yours. Yeah, you've cut, you've come to a couple. And you're of flogging mine. one of those books or something. And all, and all, joking. They're beautiful, beautiful launches for stunning, stunning lifestyle and, uh, you know, just world changing um, publications. But also, when I was talking about Body Mind Life, you came, you you got off the plane from LA, you came to one of my classes, we went to brekkie or lunch after. Correct. So I do remember that. 10 out of 10. Two other things about you that I just feel like throwing in here, and I remember it was when we became quite close mates, I was like, my friend is not only an author, a TV host, a radio presenter, but he's also a pilot and a spear fisherman. This some, is true. It's quite a broad palette of things that I'm into. Is this true? Absolutely, yeah. No, I think it sort of came from from kids' TV. So working kids' TV, you spend a lot of time yeah. with, I was at Nickelodeon for five years doing their after-school show around the country, and you spend a lot of time with five to 12-year-olds who are exceptionally honest. You know, they're very, they just call shit how it is always, you know. So you're with those kids and you start to start to think about the kid inside you, and I think I got to that totally. point of going, well, how happy is that kid inside me? Uh, and then there's a list of things I wanted to do as a kid. So one of them was having a snake, bought a snake. One of them Did was really? flying a plane. Yeah, I had a pet snake, Pythagoras, for, for years. Pythagoras. Pythagoras the python. Yeah, it was a bread light, bread light python. Was he awesome? He was great. He escaped. Oh, Long oh, story. Shit. Sad ending. 
Well, how what no. was the ending? Say, <laughs> please say. There was no Pythagoras at the end. But, oh, um, yeah, no. we'll, we'll go, we'll just don't we'll go down that snaky cul-de-sac. We'll stay on the main road here. Um, but, yeah, kids, exceptionally honest, very honest kids, always um, – always, yeah, ask for that sort of, uh, that honesty back, I guess, yeah. So um, it was great. So you, learning that from like Nickelodeon. When did you yeah. start? How old were you when you started? 21. What are we, 21? How did you get that job? Uh, there was a few hundred of us, I think, sort of tried out and then there was five that went on TV for two weeks mm-hmm. and the kids voted for who they wanted. So it was a good old, you know, vote off. So good. And was that your first pinch of television work? Pretty much did some extra work, a bit of, Bits and pieces through uni to, to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit of. Would you say, like, that? in that kind of like, in that kind of like, I feel like you did like Nickelodeon Fry, but then Channel V, right? I know yep. I'm jumping, probably jumping around on the timeline a little bit here. Yeah, Ch- uh, Channel V was sort of straight after Nickelodeon. So Nick for five years and yeah. then Channel V pretty much a few months after that. Ah, yeah. so I feel good about blurring the lines then. Yeah. Months. And you got really known for that show. Is it Cash Cab? Yeah, yeah. It was a like a what would you say? It's like a game show in a t- in a fake taxi. Yeah, tell me. Like, so would you pick people up in a? Cab? Yeah, it was it was a genuine cab that I think we bought off one three cabs for a dollar was the deal. Oh wow! Behind the scenes, so we'd promote them sort of things. They'd give us free cab. We you know, and and made some incredible friends. Like the production team there still work with our absolute absolute guns. Gorilla down in Melbourne, Mick and the boys. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was quite a quite a dry format from the UK that we you know luckily Channel V was was a you know youth orientated sort of network that allow you to take some risks and edge things up and and um, it was a pretty loose show like we. Well, this is where I want to say like comedian because like you're kind of taking the piss a lot in a good way, but like having a lot of fun with your guests with the oh, content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there was a there was a, I've always had a bit of a um, always think. Having an issue with redheads, with rangers, is like the lowest form of racism that you can, you know, casuistically, you can sort of, you can, you can joke about actually disliking redheads yeah. as a bit of a, you know, social commentary that it's just the lowest form of yeah. racism. But we had this redhead getting in and we, I printed up these signs sort of saying, no, no redheads. We knew we were picking up a redhead. It said, no redheads. Um, on board. So he sort of gets in with his friends and my lucky mates are fine, but the owner of the cab really doesn't like rangers. It's nothing personal, but he just just doesn't like the stink of them in the cab, so I can't I can't let you in. So he sort of kicked kicked him out basically and How did eventually he take it? we he got back in, it was fine, but we had like letters and had to do an apology. Oh, there was a wow. bunch of people who were really upset. Like Ranger, they're sensitive yeah. with the lack of souls they have. So they were quite <laughs> upset. Um, so we had to do a you know a formal apology and say they should be treated like real human beings and so forth. But um Oh yeah. my god, I love it. Yeah, it's good I, fun. I imagine because uh, and I learnt this hanging out with Soph, Soph Monk. She's mm. got this comic streak as well and she gets herself into trouble because of it because you're in yeah. the moment, you're making it like you're riding with what you feel and what is quite like funny but like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Is that your – it feels clear now? Yes. We're just sorting out the – Sorting out the audio issues. Yeah, um, yeah where do we get to? Kids TV. So, so I guess where I wanted to go with like – and you already went there but like working Kids TV and connecting to yourself is like – Finding that big kid within yourself, like doing the shit you love, doing the stuff that, hence being a pilot and being yeah. There. Well, it's a it's a funny journey. It's a funny journey. The whole kids' TV journey is probably, um, 
I think part of the reason, my sister got married around the same time that we were doing the final sort of two-week audition on air and um, my cousins came over to the US, had two weeks in the in the States before we shot everything, just hanging out with them. So mm-hmm. had a lot of time with five to seven-year-old, five to 12-year-old, you know, cousins kind of thing, which was great. Their dad had killed himself a year before. So pretty dark sort of time yeah. and they're making sense of it and so forth. So you're kind of just wanting to get them to laugh. So there's a lot of yeah. practice getting somewhat unhappy kids to mm. fucking laugh, you know. So having two weeks in the States with them was was the perfect, you know. Training like, ground. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, the situation aside. But it was a yeah, perfect way to find that that middle ground. I think a lot of people, some TV networks, some adults, some dads, some uncles, some mums, you name it, try and come to the kids' level mm-hmm. and they leave themselves out of it. So it's mm. just kind of a bit selfless and a bit um, too much on the kids' level. Yeah. Some people try and bring the kids too far to them and it's a bit inappropriate or, you know, not sort of age mm. age appropriate. So mm. finding that middle ground where it's a, you know, safe place for both but you genuinely find something funny mm. that's also funny for a kid. So finding that zone. Yeah. Um, so it's like an art form. Yeah. Well, I think it just came from having my cousins and, and you know, like we'd get into elevators in LA and in like 40-storey hotels no, and sort of there and just, just drag our hands down the – Every single button, kind of thing, as we oh. got out, <laughs> just oh, you're hilarious. One of them. You're hilarious one of them. about like people, you know, call the security on you, sort of thing. But things that those those uh, those cheeky middle grounds yeah, where cheeky. you can both, yeah, cheeky, cheeky, you know, cheeky. kid and adult can laugh, you know. So that was um, that was the the gateway into kids TV, I think for sure. So when you went from so you've done Nickelodeon. Um, you've been voted in, so like the kids love you, like people love you. Then you have um, Channel V, where you can be even more of a larrikin or let yourself really shine as what yeah. I'm guessing like mid-20s, Well, I think 20s. we just we got to, like we did everything we could at Nickelodeon. It's, it's like that point where you sort of realise you're either going to get fired or you have to quit, you know. We were just doing – we're getting edgier and edgier with the things mm. we were doing and having – like we were – you could – it was probably the most edgy kids' network, I think. We get away with a lot, you know. Mm. We sort of have um, – I'm trying, trying, trying to think of some of the, the, the things we'd, we'd get away with, but there'd be a lot of edgy sort of stuff that we'd – I think there was one episode where I was just afraid of blue balls. You know, so blue uh, fit balls sort yeah, of thing. I just yeah. had a like a deep fear for them, which obviously there's, there's you know, double entendre there, but someone would just bounce it through the, the, the studio and I'd yeah. freak out. God, I just hate – I hate blue balls. So from a kid's point of view, it's abstract, it's bizarre. Why yeah. is he afraid of blue yeah, balls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, pretty pretty borderline sort of stuff. So we were totally. pushing, pushing yeah, more yeah, and more yeah, back yeah, realise yeah, it's yeah. time to, you know, grow with the audience and, and head to V. So what happened, and this is where I do want to get into like, I think choosing to work in media is, uh, it's amazing, but I, I believe you, I know I feel very replaceable and disposable. Like you can yeah, get a job and just as quickly as you get a job, like you can be replaced like that. Yeah. And so like after Channel V, like what then came next? How did that morph like as far as TV presenting and hosting and like I've seen you've done like nude photo shoots? That Where was just that to get through uni. That was a <laughs> bit of cash to pay off the hex debt. That was, I mean, there. No, that was tasteful. actually for an amazing charity, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like Earth Hour or some sort of ego thing. Yeah, no, some bizarre things you sort of say yes and uh, things mean, you say no to over the years, yeah. Like what came next? So, like, I just want to know your trajectory because you are, like, in Australia, like you are a successful TV host, radio presenter, like you've had your own show on Nova, is that right, or a couple of shows on Nova? Yeah, you yeah, did a bunch of stuff with Nova, which was good. I think I was always. The love's always sort of been TV totally. rather than rather than, yeah. uh, rather than radio. Radio is great and it's so live and so quick. To I think the the uh, the brevity with which you can create something and, and turn out a, a sketch kind of thing on radio is is incredible. Versus yeah. TV, it takes you know 
10 times longer. So the yeah. um, the turnaround for radio is insane. But, mm. um, yeah, was, yeah, Channel V for a bit did a, did a dating show with yes. uh, with Channel 10. It was a fascinating sort of journey into um, I think just trusting yourself, trusting your own gut beyond experience, you know, beyond um, budgets, et cetera. There's, there's certain people that are older than you that know more and so mm. forth, but, you you know, you have your own gut call on things. And I think um, with that show I sort of, you know, said several times I was like, oh, this is the format's green. Like you need to, you know, do this, this and this. And like mm. we've tested it. It is good to go. It is. It's like, and oh. your intuition was like, nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you roll the dice and think, well, worst case scenario, it, it runs for, you know, 20 or 30 episodes, worst case, it, you know, or best case it runs for 100. But um, Did it get axed eventually? Yeah, yeah. I think we did like 26 episodes or something. Mm. Yeah, but. Um, Would you say that that's in it, like a lesson in itself, like that you were like, fuck, at the start you were like, this doesn't feel like it's ready and I'm still going to do it or we yeah, like nah, but, it, but it's I also a lesson to take action like I wouldn't if I had the chance to do it again I would absolutely yeah yeah, yeah okay because it's 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 one of those things of it was in a deep I think we're shooting something over overseas in Europe for, for Channel V at the time and I had to make up my mind on the flight over there I was talking to the the camera guy it was sort of going away with this like oh there's a bunch of presenters I've worked with that wish they took a punt yeah. on a show that may or may not have worked um so you took the punt yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. And then like more recently you've done the, is it the Maxim TV stuff? Yeah, a bit of stuff with Maxim, a bit of stuff in San Fran, some sort of web web stuff over there. Oh, yeah. So what? the trivia sort of things, which was a bizarre trend last year, which same same sort of stuff sort of came and went so quickly, but it was a, I, was, I was working in San Fran weekdays. Oh, my goodness. Weren't you flying in on a, yeah, were you flying in yeah. on like a Monday and out on a Friday? It was ridiculous, crazy. yeah. So like six weeks of sort of back and forth, which was Nuts. I remember I'd have a few calls with you and you're like, guess where I am right now? And you're like, <laughs> for three days. Yeah, I do Sunday to Thursday in San Fran, then Saturday and Saturday night in Sydney for six weeks, which was pretty that's surreal. Gotta, that's got to be a testament to your work ethic because I know I wouldn't do that. I know I'd be like, my health is too important for me yeah. to warrant doing that. The fact that you can do that and just be like, well, this is for my craft, this is also what I love, this is the... And then I've got here, like, when does time stop for you? Like, this is the moment where time stops for you and you're creating content and filming stuff. So to me it's a testament to your tenacity. Yeah, or madness. No, uh, yeah, take no, it, the it compliment. Is, take is, the no, compliment. thank you, thank you. No, it, 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 it is good. I think you cut out booze, cut out coffee, you can kind of get away with that for a month or, or so. Totally. If you monitor your sleep. Yeah, you can do two time zones for a bit. So I am fascinated by the media world because it's kind of like how we met. You put me in touch with my managers. Like you've been a facilitator for me and we've, I think I went on that trivia show that you were talking, like all the yeah, show. you did. You know, like we've yeah. always kind of crossed paths. We and have cross-pollinated. Do you know you're, and Yogi's listening to this are going to, might write me not nice messages after this, but you said one of my favourite things. We were at a Lululemon event together and I'd flown up to Sydney. I wasn't living in Sydney yet. And yeah. um, it was a Lululemon event and you were like, yeah, let's go to this event. And it was like at that cool famous pool, the king something or other yeah, pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kept throughout the night doing acro yoga performances kind of thing. And you were like, do you know what I think about acro yoga? And I was like, what? And you're like, a little bit like frozen yogurt. First mouthful, oh, this is delicious. Second mouthful, oh. third mouthful, I think I feel a bit sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, every time I see an acro yogi now, I'm like frozen. You can't watch it for frozen now, yogurt, can you? Frozen yogurt. Yeah. It's, it's, I love acro yogis, by the way, but I just. Oh, it'd be loved, fun to do it. 
Fun to do it. Yeah. Spectators. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not hanging around. No. <laughs> but you have been one of those friends that we've kind of shared this uh, definitely in the media life journey together and the highs and lows and we had this little gang called The Last Settlers because we believed yes. in never settling. Yeah, and it absolutely. it was a gang full of how many souls? How many people were in the gang? Two of us. Yeah. Only yeah. Two. <laughs> no <laughs> take extra off. members. No. It, didn't, it didn't take off. But we would talk to each other and kind of like inspire each other. I remember like I was getting dropped from gigs or I'd lose a TV gig and you'd be like, lols, you got this, like come on. And you were totally a voice of reason when I was feeling really down and out. And, and vice versa, you. many well, times. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. But I think the – and this is where I want to shine a light on the media world. It's not that easy. Like for the 10% of photos people see on Instagram of you and me, like inter- you're interviewing cool people or I'm on – I've got a segment on Channel 10 tomorrow. Now for that three-minute segment you see me on Channel 10, I will have been up from since 7, getting to my mate's house pr- – cooking the final product so that I have a final product to be like, here's one I prepared earlier, buying all the props, buying all the ingredients. I know what time Woolworths open, 7 a.m. Like that's when I'll be there tomorrow. And that doesn't bother me because, again, time stops when I'm on set. But you only get to see that little, Mm. I sure as hell I'm not going to be posting a selfie from Woolies like, guys, just uh, picking up some Granny Smith apples. I'm going to be posting hair, glam, looking great, on set. Plus all the work that goes into getting... A gig as well. You know, there's yeah. so many conversation, there's so many, you know, so much planning, so much pitching, so much back and forthing thing as well that, you know, totally. people are like, oh, well, that's amazing money for that gig. I thought, like, well, there's, there's well, a, for that, for a, that lot, a lot of hours that go into For that one segment, I think I sent 20 to 30 recipe ideas and mm. we're doing one. So mm. they pick the one that they think is the strongest. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and I don't mind because I love it. Like I love when I'm filming, it's same with you, it's like time yeah. sucks. But I just think I'd love to shine a light on that, you know, it is a slog. Like it isn't easy. It's a hustle, man. Like yeah. just even before this, like I'm like, Champo, I've got to vlog a bit of this. Like, you know, we don't really stop. And I think and that's where like my first like real, I know we've been rabbiting on, but my first real question is like, what were some of the, I know there's like totally high points in your media mm. career. Like when I um, Google you and look at YouTube, you, there's snaps of you on a red carpet interviewing like, is it Rachel Griffiths? I don't know how to say a second there. A massive Australian actress. Yeah, And yeah. you're on a red carpet just like, yeah, what are you, da, 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 interviewing someone. Yeah, it's lots of, lots of, lots of red carpet stuff, absolutely. Lots of high moments though where, and also like you as the star on the red carpet where you've got like, you know, paparazzi, Snapping away at you. P.S. in Sydney, paparazzi is brutal. You can be on a red carpet and if they don't know who you are, there's this moment where they drop their cameras down <laughs> and just look at you and wait for you to walk by and I'm like, get off. let get off the, the ground eat me up <laughs> right now. But, yeah, what are some of the lower times in media? Like did the show on Channel V, did that end really, like I don't know about these things or have you ever been dropped from a gig or had a show Yeah, the, I think I always try to last through even even the darker times. I mean that, that the dating show on 10, that got axed. I think we, we had, yeah. you have a fairly good idea where, where things are heading, you yeah. know. Um, we'd do a, we'd, we'd shoot, I think about 5, 15 each day, we'd shoot a live promo for that night. Mm-hmm. And so it had been axed that day and everyone knew, you know, so it's this awkward oh, sort of thing. Sh- and I was pretending. I didn't know for the promo. Yeah, so I got everyone in the studio, like in the in the um, control room. I'm like, oh, let's um, let's get the camera guy out here. Let's let's roll up. We'll get the um, what are we? Six thirty tonight? Six six o'clock? What um, seven thirty? Oh, wow. <laughs> and then you just sort of see their face going, fuck, he doesn't know. How could they not have told him? 
Shit, I'm like, guys, I know. <laughs> I was, oh, I, was, I thought you might have said no, you went live to air and said no, like, <laughs> no, 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 see no, you no. fuckers. Just, pre- just <laughs> pretending that just just to amplify that awkwardness and actually laugh about, you know, something that, yeah, we, we probably all all saw was coming. But um, you can never, you can never personalise. I mean, you always get to personalise them to a certain degree, but you've got to, yeah, insulate yourself and have um, – just see that you know that that's the essence of optimism is sort of seeing the opportunity in the in the difficulty. Otherwise, you you know you can always see difficulty. It's it's a pretty basic human fundamental thing. Has, I think that um that that idea of human your, your your brain being like a garden bed as well. If you let sort of weeds grow in there, oh yes, you've said you know this to it's me. um yeah that's like you've got to you've got to rake it. You've got to you know clear clear the negative shit out and focus on what you want. Otherwise, you sort of you know steer into things you don't. So. calm now but like he's got a fire sign I've got to be honest <laughs> yeah. which I love that's probably one of my favorite things about you uh have you ever been in a business situation where you've kind of really had to stand up for what you believe in and been like no no I believe that you're wrong and this is what I believe in. has that ever had to happen yeah you know I think in different levels as well in some very blunt ways in some yeah, you know you're blunt that's more, what I meant. more subtle sort of ways as well I think you can sort of say things without saying them sometimes and people sort of understand in in that sense yeah uh, yes, it's, I'm trying to think of a, a specific example of. Um, We've just shared but, stories where I've heard you, and you're like, "I told him, F Y Z, like you know, all these this yeah. story." And I was like, "Wow, that like in, in a good, powerful way," because you were just like honest, blunt. You're also highly intelligent, so it's easy for you to do the sneaky ways, like the stealth ways of like, yeah. Basically, they don't realise till like twenty minutes later. Oh what God. happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is, it's good to have a few. It's always good to have options. I think we're as happy as you know. We do have options, but having some different gears to change through, and and working out a few different gears that you can change through is is you know from a performance totally. point of view is is so important. Yeah. But also from a negotiation point of view or a you know human interaction point of view. Yeah. Um, you Did know, you, you negotiate some of your own contracts for those shows? Yeah, yeah. I've always, always loved, I don't know what it is about negotiation, but always, and with doing a lot of real estate auctions now, yeah. sort of a, a massive part of that is is having really uncomfortable conversations with, with people in a fairly, you know, fundamental and it's about money. part of their future. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, which, um, which just exposes all the different, you know, facets of the human psyche, which, totally. which, there's which a lot is of good fear and scary because, you know, there's, yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of emotions that come up with that. Yeah. So it's, you've got to be careful how hard you push in certain areas and so forth. But, um, but the same with, Media negotiations or contract negotiations. I think you've always yeah. negotiated your own contract. From our, from my memory of our conversations, like I'm quite fearful of that. I don't, I don't think I value myself high enough to do that for myself. Uh, and so having someone on my team to do that, I'm like, thank God, thank like take take yeah. your twenty. I don't, I don't, I don't like the feeling of I don't know why. Maybe like low self worth stuff. Let's be honest. Oh, but. I think we can all work on that though. It's um, mm. it's male, female, young, old, whatever. It's probably the fundamental human Did kind of thing. Did you just call me it. younger than you? Because I love that. No, I didn't. But oh, you take I, it. Thought, I thought I thought that's what I mean, that's <laughs> 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 No, but like any age group, any gender, totally, totally. self worth and self love is such a big um, fundamental. Mental, you know, issue with the with with humans. Totally, you know, it kind of comes. I think so many, you know, some so so many parts of addiction, depression, you, like everything, sort of comes back to that, um, which is fascinating territory. The more you sort of think about um, not just self worth and self love, but self concept, that ideal of ah. what you what you actually envisage as yourself. You know, that that kind of bizarre thing around income where people 
will will have a subconscious concept of what they're worth per year and will work really hard to like hit that. When they go over it, they'll self-sabotage till they're back to that. You know, this oh, is wow. Fascinating sort of Russian studies around it and, you know, in the sports science sort of sense as well. You sort of look at people when there was, um, you know, they, they – the high jump sort of height got broken, mm. you know, two metres or whatever it was, and yeah. then, then 10 people did it that year. Oh, just wow. that, that idea of what's possible the psychology behind for it humans, yeah. And the same for, you know, just an individual sort of sense. Like there's yeah. certain beliefs we all have about ourselves and that's why we are where we are and, you know, living in the house oh. we're living in, whatever, because the, the subconscious beliefs that are programmed in that we let, you know, drum into our brains and worlds. Totally, and I think you and I both are on the same page with this one, but, like, I'm big into therapy and working on that shit and working on your, like, limiting beliefs. Yeah, yeah, And, absolutely. like, facing it, sitting in a ship, cleaning the garden the way you were, mm. um, I think I just said ship instead of shit, but cleaning <laughs> the garden of the mind. One other thing that uh, makes me think of you is, like, there's this fearlessness mm. about you. The podcast is called Fearlessly Failing. Yeah. But is, this we, a brand, is this a branding moment? For the, no, not at all. No, this is no, a um, flashback moment. Flashback moment. We faced a fear together. It wasn't your fear because you'd done it five times or it was the fifth time you'd done it. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Skydiving. Yeah, man. We yeah. skydived together. <laughs> we did. And Champo, you'd skydived four times before. Am yep. I right? And so they're like, look, we're gonna, he's going to go out backwards and fall backwards. Do you remember this? He was hanging me out the plane the whole <laughs> way up. <laughs> yeah. He had frostbite. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he was taking the pit. He was very and then, yeah. And then you look at me and because you were going out backwards, my guy had the GoPro on his arm so I had to hang out and film you <laughs> off my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd never skydived before and it, so there was some, a moment right before you jumped and you looked at me and you're like, Never settle, <laughs> like all last settlers, <laughs> yeah. and they like jumped out backwards. But I wouldn't have done that with anyone else in the world. Like, thank you so much. I know for oh. you, you've done it a few times, but that was a massive deal for me. Oh, and it was. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. So the the favorite thing of that day was uh, my best mate's dog Banjo, who was who was serving French in Afghanistan dog. at the time, and I put my skydiving doggle, goggles, my doggles, yeah. the dog doggles, the, the dog, the dog goggles on the dog. And then posted a picture that I jumped and strapped yeah. him into my, you know, harness. It's a bunch of just, yeah. you know, that that 40 yeah. to 50% of people on Instagram with sub sort of, you know, 80 IQs just went, what? Oh, my God. How did it? Was it okay? Sub 80 IQs. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did it? Was it scared? Yeah. What did it, what did it think? <laughs> Shit, I took sky, that, but I remember Skydiving dog. Wow. I nearly, I remember I could have throttled you though because on the way we had the big drive up together and you're like, oh, heads up. Often the dude that you jump with is going to like crack onto you. You gave me the heads up <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. As I'm getting strapped up by my jump buddy, he's like, what are you going to give me if I keep you alive? And I was like, anything, mm. mate. At this point of the game, I'm sweaty what palms. What about a baby? No, it wasn't and right. I jump out of the plane with this dude. He was a legend. Jump out of the plane, and then he writes to me, reaches out on Facebook, and I'm like, "Champo could have had my back a little bit more." In that yeah, scenario. Well, I, did, I was a, on my own, mate. There's a TV show I did with the the female presenter, and that's what made me give you the heads up. They can be a little bit creepy because I was sitting in between the guy's legs on the way up there, and I noticed he tightened the harness right up on her, and she was in his lap. And I was like, "Do you reckon it's weird that I'm sort of free to, you know, not bump and grind against him, but you're not?" Is that? Kind of. Like P.S. Double. We love skydiving yeah, and skydivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ninety-nine percent of them are good blokes. Yeah, but it's that adrenaline chasing adrenaline too. So I can. It makes sense to me. But I did want. I, I was like, I can't not mention the skydiving on this podcast. Skydiving was There's another thing from our friendship that I want to mention. Yes. 
it comes back to the spearfishing. Mm-hmm. And I think I we both did kind of like we'd we'd kind of bounce each other's dating experiences off mm. one another and be like, oh mate, I just went on this date. What do you reckon? Yeah. And you'd be like, Lola, what type of fish? Yeah. Do you remember your scale? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's sort of based on there's there's in Sydney anyway. There's two sort of fundamental processes to spearfishing. You can go and um, dive deep, mm-hmm. I guess, and go look off reefs. You know, further further afield for pelagics. So for you, you know, for kingfish, for um, so salmon's not probably the best, but essentially kingfish so versus. Fun the fish that are in around the rocks that are easy to find. So, so to go out, you might spend <laughs> half a day waiting for kingfish and they never come. Yeah. You know, so you may get something amazing but you probably go home empty-handed Yeah. versus going in around the reefs and getting some brim, getting brim. some morwong, yeah. getting some, you know, drummer, uh, blackfish, and you'll always get something. Yeah. So it's great, yeah, great metaphor for, for dating. So the theory is like we'll go on, I'll, like I'd go on a date with someone and I'd be like, Trambo has been on this date and he'd be like, what kind of fish? What did you get? What would you catch? Mm. And I'd be like, brim, mate, never going to see them again. Yeah. Salmon is like was like the medium. Like there could be potential. We don't know. Do you remember we'd be like, there's a bit of hope there, maybe. Yeah, I think there's a code around that. Generally, Sydney salmon's not not amazing. No, but... not phenomenal. And then kingfish. Kingfish is like the holy grail. Mm. And it's like uh, my boyfriend has his saying: drama. Chicken Palmer, Dalai Lama. You've probably heard this one. No. So you walk into a bar. Yeah, yeah. you walk into a bar, hot girl, but she's drama, so stay away. Chicken Palmer, definitely a hot girl, very hot girl, but no drama, so you could probably take her home. She'd be all right. Yeah. And then Dalai Lama is like the unicorn, doesn't exist. The kingfish. Yeah, right. Okay. Rare. Yeah. Rare. Well, you've got to have some lonely times waiting and and just being comfortable being with yourself for – the Dalai Lama or the kingfish or the, you know, the, the dream king, to come along, for the sure. King, the kingfish I love. I still use this metaphor to this one. day. I think there needs to be a, a man plan mark too, my friend. Maybe, maybe. Pop in the fish analogy. The fish, yeah. So well, definitely, good. It's one of the most calming things. Even just going snorkelling in cities so, so sort of calming because it's another mm. world. You're focusing on your breathing. It's calming. You sort of feel unless you calm your mind down, you kind of, resist or wrestle the water a bit. You sort of got to calm down to, to be okay and relax there to be able to dive down, be able to move, you know, around underwater and so mm. forth. You got to, you know, slow everything down. So be it's a good super present. Very yogi then. It is. Yeah. Oh, I like that. No massively. Oh, okay. I want to ask this is I know I'm flying around like yeah. a little but I this is my style. It's Lola Perry. Yeah. Uh thank you. Uh <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Um you've worked in America quite a bit. And I think the trivia show you were talking about, that might have come out of America. Yeah, yeah, born out of San Fran. What would you say working in the media world in America versus working in the media world in Australia, what would you say are the differences? Um, well, I think there's like different parts of America as well. Like LA is a very yes sort of culture. Like everyone wants to do something, let's create something, and it's a very, I think it's quite a vacuous sort of place. There's obviously a lot more opportunity, I think, across America than Australia in the media landscape, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is exciting. But I've definitely found New York to be far more like less bullshit, you know, you get mm. like a day of meetings in New York, you can you know, cut through the, the shit like you couldn't in a, in a month of meetings in LA, which mm-hmm. um, which was which was really good. But, um, yeah, I think they're, they're still a little bit in front of us for sure mm. in the, in the you know, as far as different broadcast approach, like things are still coming down the pipes to us from from the States. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say we're sort of neck, neck to neck with them by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always good to have a look if you are, you know, thinking about making things, have a look what's coming 
you know, to fruition in, in America mm. and it will sure, you know, more, more often than not follow follow here. Five years later. Yeah. yeah I'd say two to three. <laughs> no, no, but no. Yeah, sometimes it feels like five. Um, oh, my God, this is going But it's, so it's more um, – it's probably a bit more blunt as well, a bit more aggressive, the business world over in the States. And, you know, there's there's more of a cockiness to it. There's more of an aggressiveness to it. Um I don't want you more. to take this the wrong way, but mm. I feel like you would suit that. And I don't mean that you're cocky or aggressive. Cocky and aggressive. <laughs> but I think <laughs> Sculling some water there. When I, <laughs> when I speak to you and you're in America, you're like, well, so I've, you're on. Like you, it, to me, like you're, not to quote Childish Gambino, you're so woke. You're just like there. You're in the moment. You're like buzzing. You're in that when you describe like having a lot of potential and like that, I feel like you're in that. Energy forced. Yeah. yeah. Zeitgeist, is that the right word? I never know how to use that word. Yeah, that was no, wrong. Yeah, no, I did the wrong word. Didn't get to. The atmosphere, the strata, the, yeah, the, I don't know, yeah. I know what you mean. You Absolutely. know the feel yeah, there's, of it. There's You're a, in that. I can feel it. Yeah. And there's certain elements in Australia where I get that for sure mm-hmm. and a similar sort of vibe, but there is a, there's a massive amount of that in the States for sure. Mm, so I think I feel like when I go there, I don't know if I haven't been there for three years makes me so sad. Mm. Um, but it feels like there's a lot more doing. It yeah. just feels like there's, and yes, it might mean more failures happen, but it, there's, the, in Australia, and, and to talk to it's failure. It's a more supportive culture. Like culturally America is far more, you know, yeah, yeah, let's, you can do it sort of thing. There's there's yeah. a far more restrictive, in a, in a sad way I think in Australia, there's a far less supportive culture. And um, I think failing is okay there. Like you take the risk, you fail, you fail, and we were talking about this before, you fail forward. Mm. You it, it takes you somewhere else. It changes your route. It's okay to do that. Whereas here it's like, oh, you failed, you you fucked up. Oh, you, you've, you've like, I remember when I sold my smoothie bar. Mm. You've come to Happy Place, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot you sold it. I sold it and it was really funny. So mm. not funny but fascinating. So about 80% <laughs> of people were like, yeah. oh, are you okay? Yeah. Right? And then there was 20%, maybe even 10% that were like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. What's next? Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah. the people that were like, I'm so excited for you were generally, like, high, very high-functioning business people mm. and, like, very successful people in their fields. And the people that were not all worked for other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do, is that my making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Embracing risk. Yeah, and being like, sick, this is just making space for you to chase another dream. Yeah. Like this is just opening a door for something else. And when I sold it, I had a mixture of both things. Initially that my ego was totally attached, but eventually I was like, oh, sick, this frees me up for this and this and this and I don't have to float it every winter so I'm going to save X amount of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars as a result of selling it. Yeah. So it, um, to me and it was a, a no-brainer. It's a beautiful thing as well, I think, to um, call it quits on something. Yeah. Having it go and being tenacious to, to, to your own detriment is – you know, it, it, tenacity is a beautiful thing, but if you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, like I think, you know, we've we've all, you know, had good and bad relationships. I think there's there's relationships I've had where I should have left long before but needed to stay longer to learn mm. whatever it was. And, you know, it's not until, you know, a friend sort of tells you in the in the most beautiful sort of terms that you've got to get out, that you, mm. you know, and you sort of hear it from friends and family or whatever else, but you you don't you don't sort of hear it until you've Learned whatever it was you had to to be in that you know I mean, sort of understanding the fundamentals of psychology as well that you know we 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 have you know certain things happen to us to grow beyond the limitations or what we're born into to you know evolve beyond that's that's why they've happened and having that that sort of uh, positive outlook that things happen for us not not to us yeah. uh, is so fucking cliche but um, understanding that even because you sort of see friends go through things or you go through things and you think well, why are they 
continually doing this, but it's mm. it's it's that evolution that you know, hopefully everyone you love gets through. Yeah, um, you got to do the work in order to get through, though. Yeah, exactly. Would you say, and you've just touched on this, so I am going to like dive. But yeah. would you say, like, a breakup that you may have been through was triggering for some mental health stuff? Like we before, we were like, you know, having been through a little bit of anxiety and depression. Do things like for me, heartbreak always triggers that shit. Like all my shit. If if there's heartbreak or a shitty breakup, all of that stuff gets triggered, and then I know I've got to face all my. Do all my work. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, some of my best creative moments, my best personal growth moments obviously came out of the darkest times. Mm. I was telling you before about um, what have been Nickelodeon, maybe three oh, or yeah. four years in Nickelodeon, yeah. and we'd get mail, get heaps of heaps of mail mm. from kids, you know, like drawing pictures of us and this and mm. that and JK and, and T-Bone was the guy I was doing it with, um, like the steak, T-Bone. Um, <laughs> and there's a picture of T-Bone smiling, a picture of me frowning. Mm. Yeah, this was, and we sort of got the mail out, and I'm, you know, it's like live TV. So you're like, oh, fuck, oh. what's this one? <laughs> and and generally, kids mail you don't really have to prep too much, you know. It's, yeah, but it just, it just hit me in the guts. You know, there's this, um, are you happy, JK? Mm. How old do you reckon he was? The kid that wrote in, like six, six or seven. Oh wow, yeah, crazy. So you're this like cutting, like cuttingly beautiful, caring child that just like sums you up to your soul where you, you think, oh, yeah, I can, you know, put on a smile or whatever else. And, um, yeah, it was in a terrible relationship at the time um, and just the, just just confronting depression, you yeah. know, in that. So how that, old would you have been then? Like 23, I reckon, it's pretty, 24. like, solid age is having to start work on yourself. Like that's pretty young yeah. to have to start. Most people wait till their 30s to start working yeah, on themselves. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. But, yeah, it was um, – but it's a good, it's a good slap, but like good to the wake up call, like oh shit, okay, yeah, that is, that kid's completely read me like a book, you know. Did and you just seen? Sorry, I keep cutting off. Did you ever? Were you ever medicated? Uh, no, no, I did. I um, actually like checked myself into like a group therapy kind of yeah. program after that, and and which you feel like you you know it's quite confronting, I guess, mm. confronting your issues because you're like oh shit, I'm like you know what's wrong with me kind of thing, but. Mm. Got so much of my life from that, from you know, doing that work, which is the hardest work you can do. I think it's. Um, well, he's just got a little text or call on his phone, which yeah. is linked to his Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> just keeping the uh, that's audience. Ruined. That's ruined the depth of that. Uh, that no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's. Um, so you were saying how like when you went to the group therapy, that was super, super confronting. I think any kind of therapy oh, takes massive. Courage and bravery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the I mean, in a, in, a, in a funny sense, there was people far more fucked. It was this, you know, great moment of going, geez, I thought I had some issues, but you, you know, sort of facing because you're diving into childhood stuff. You, you know, yeah. digging, you're digging through the closet sort of thing and just seeing what comes up, which in a safe sort of place is mm. is amazing. But you're sort of seeing people going through tenfold. You know, I was mm. I was depressed and upset about a girlfriend cheating on me and and mm. wanting to have more creative freedom in my life and and more yeah. expression. And then I'm you know they're there with people that are you know. Battling with sex addiction or, mm. or heroin, you're like, okay, you know things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to get over myself a little bit here. Um, but at the same time, not to discount like that. Those, you know, I think that it's very common for people that work in the arts and are creative to feel really deeply. So, like mm. being cheated on would have felt like for you like abandonment and go back to massive childhood stuff. Like it would be, it would have been such a catalyst for you to feel. I imagine like you've got a really so low self-worth or thought, whatever it was, but, I mean, 
don't discount what you've been through too. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and as, as much as there is that relativity sort of, you know, capacity to look at other people with less and more, mm. um, it's always always good to look at people with, you know, less or who have gone through more and, and give yourself totally. that relativity in that sense. But, um, yeah, that, that work is is priceless. Super tough. Um, and I, it literally came from that moment with the kid. Right, really? and, and and sort of going, shit, I've got to I've got to face this this um this issue. How long did you keep the therapy on for? Like how long I think it was a pretty intensive course and then would yeah, see a see a counsellor once a every fortnight or so for maybe a year, which is good. And a bunch of processes to go through and mm. and work out a few things and lots of journaling and all the sort of you know, cliche things that ultimately do clear your head, lots of mindfulness, lots mm. of Exercise. Even our teacher training, there was a whole part of it on releasing your negative core beliefs and it felt yeah. very Very confronting. Freudian and very, you know, CBT sort of based stuff. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, yeah, a, a lot of people sort of live through the pain of things that are, you know, changeable and are reprogrammable to a certain extent and, and you sort of can have those things you want if you, if you, you know, walk into that dark closet of your mind and, you know, shine the, shine the torch around. Mm. Yeah, but it's not it's not a fun process. No, and I think that I th- I think it's awesome that you've said that because it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's one of the things as well, you sort of you forget what you've learned, then realize, oh, there's things that creep back in. You're like, oh shit, this isn't it isn't like a, a car service that you do once and then, you know, yeah. you're good for, for twenty years. You've got to kind of yeah, keep on top of things and, and see things that creep back and keep that awareness and keep that sort of mindfulness going for sure. Yeah. Well, I have a therapist that I see weekly. Terry, yeah. Terry, and I've been seeing him for two years weekly now. And um, he's like, I went to him for a breakup, same thing. I was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, I feel like shit. I can't get over it and I'm yeah. questioning my self-worth. And within about four weeks we'd wrapped that up pretty quick. He was like, at what stage would you like to stop dating narcissists, Lola? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And, and, and I said, but I want to keep coming here because I feel like I'm doing good stuff. And he, um, he goes, let's get you bulletproof. Yeah. And so that's kind of my mantra is like mm. let's get bulletproof. So it's something like selling a cafe that technically failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is exciting to me. Yeah. You know, so you you're But I still see that as you getting, you know, your cafe off the ground and then launching and doing great things and yeah. moving on to the next project. Like it, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. But, but the, and now I see it as that too. Like yeah. now I look at it in, in that light. But at the time when I was in it, I was like, oh, well, with me. But yeah. that's where I think having a therapist that can give you that non-biased but very clear, intelligent and grounded sound support is yeah. integral. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan that, yeah, getting getting objectivity on your subjectivity is the best the best money you can spend. Mm. You know, which okay. you can only really do with someone outside your own mind. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And also yeah. someone that's not on your team. Like when I say he's on my team but, like, it's not my boyfriend, it's not yeah. my best mate, it's not, not a trying family to tell you what ever. you want to hear. Yeah. Oh, my not God, yeah. trying to yeah. hate you in any way, trying to. <laughs> Call Kick it how the wasp it is. nest so you, you know, so you grow. He said a few times like, so how long do you want to stay in this mud for? <laughs> and are we going to cry today? Because there's really no need. And like really like he's like tough on me, tough. Yeah, tough. yeah, yeah. But beautifully tough where there's um, moments of just like that's how I grow because I feel safe to be, I love being tough talk. Like I love mm, it and I feel mm. safe because I know where it comes from, a place of wanting me to be my best. This guy trains like. Mentally trains fighters, like that's yeah. his, and, and high-powered businessmen. And he changed, what's that um, Australian fighter? Is it Sam Robinson or big boxer Australian? 
I'm so shit with sports. Are you? Yeah. Oh, really? oh, yeah, but he's good with flora and fauna and I'm animals. Like the, the least sportingly inclined heterosexual male in the country, I reckon. It's, oh, yeah, damn it. Anyway, yeah. but, yeah, so people that are high achievers is what I'm getting at. Okay. He's good. So what I want to uh, quickly, let's plug your podcast, The Founders. The Founders, yes. I didn't even I feel bad. I didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's about, um, I guess, people doing their own thing. So, so why have you not invited me to be on your podcast? And I well, maybe I did, but I didn't ask. Didn't ask him any time. You're on. You're coming on. We're having you on. Yes, please. Yeah, it yeah. feels guilty. So, yeah, yeah. A similar sort of thing. Like, like talking about the uh, the hurdles. Talking about, I guess, you know, running your own show. Ninety percent of businesses, you know, sort of fail in the first year if you're trying to have a crack yourself in mm. Australia. So talking about, you know, the ones who have made it. Uh, obviously, like anything, there's a lot of failures on the way to making it. So mm. yeah, trying to incubate as many of those lessons, I guess, within those chats. Awesome. To share with people to help them, you know, get get to, to do what they want. That um, that independence, that uh, doing things. You know, some people do want to uh, work for someone. Some people want to create their own world and, and destiny. So good, and so, I think yeah. as well, it's okay. And you, I'm sure this is reflected in your guests, but it's okay for that destiny to change. Like I've literally gone from writing cookbooks to doing almost full-time acting school study and dialect yeah, yeah. coaching and I'm just like, yeah. I'm 34 and I've totally changed yeah, which is what makes awesome. me happy and that's okay. Yeah. So I think having that kind of courage just like feelsly, just like go for it. Exactly. No prisoners. So if you, yeah, big time. So just parting words for anyone that's like a creative or that would love to work in media or work in television or work in radio, what's your take home? Like what's your... Um, I, think, I think one of my favourite quotes of all time, like I met Andrew Denton, I've always loved. Mm. Met him a few years ago. So smart um, So fucking smart. So mm. smart. I took, um, I took a picture of like 50 doors in Italy this year, like, Crusty old doors, beautiful doors, brass doors, you know, stone doors, everything mm. else, and I haven't edited them together yet. But it was it was around a quote that he gave me. Um, he mentored me for, for for a while, and and he said, "Everyone's looking for a magic door, you know. Everyone's, you know, whether it's, you know, the job, the the person, the you know, mm. the, the 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 car, whatever, you know." The he said, "You are the magic door. You know, we all sort of think that there's this magic door that will open, but." People sort of fail to realise that we each and every one of us are the magic. Like the magic door is within you. Yeah. So that that um, holding the mirror up and sort of looking through all the the, the limitations or the, you know just just pushing through that that um, that that pain of looking at yourself closely and pushing through those shortcomings or whatever whatever it is you have to grow mm. through. That's where the magic door is on the other side of that. I love that. Thank you, Jambo. Cheers, lols. So nice. How good's a little, um, how good's potty. a little, little fearless bloody potty, potty room. I love it. <laughs> so We're good. at Cafnu. Thank you, Cafnu, for giving us this cute little cracking place. Cool. And even the artwork on the walls is done by a local artist. Yeah, how right. Cool. Like these guys are really cool. Yeah, it's. I'll give me a ten Definitely, out of ten. Definitely, um, check out the Cafnu Club. It's really yeah. awesome. It's in a Alexandria. kingfish. Yeah. Of, uh, of <laughs> Thank you, Champo. You're amazing. Thanks, Champo. <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. <laughs>